Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Fun's over. James. Ask James about Lenny Poffel. That's his guy. <laughs> oh, James, your, th- your thoughts on the genius. <laughs> On the what? Your boy, Lanny Poffo. <laughs> we're, oh. We're, don't mind us, James. Leaping, we're talking Leaping Lenny? Le- that's Leaping Lanny, that's right. It's, it's, there we go. Right. Did, 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 do you, did I tell you, do you know who Leaping Lanny's brother was? Isn't it uh, Randy There you go. There you got we it. go. There you go. Come on, man. James is with us. I know what time it is. Stealing with Casey here on KIFM West Sacramento 98.5 FM KRX QHD2 Sacramento ESPN 1320. Always live on the free Odyssey app. I said it. Say it again. This might be my favorite show ever. (laughs) Is there a way we can fit OJ into the title? (laughs) Let's just work OJ into the title. Well, yeah, the title is. Yeah, we have three shows with OJ in the title. That's today's title. (laughs) James. Hey, before we get to the Kings and Spurs, I actually would like to bring James into that conversation we've had for the last two hours before we got to wrestling. Um, did anyone see the Kevin Durant clip last night? I saw it. Did oh, you, see the, so. you see the so you didn't see so so James, there's this clip of Kevin Durant and then running out onto the floor and two Dallas Mavericks fans. It's a, a probably 40-ish, 50-ish mm-hmm. year old man and woman, uh, I guess they yell, and the, the clip picks it up. What, what is it? Hey, Katie, you bitch? Is yeah. that what it and says? they're the only ones there. Yeah, like, it's, the, yeah it's only them. them. There's no yeah. one there. And and they're running out on the floor. Hey, Katie, you bitch. And Kevin stops and walks towards them, and he literally walks up to them and is like, what did you say? And they're trying to explain, and she's trying to get dap and like this high five. And Katie is like, "You can, you can make him out. Like, why did you call me a bitch though?" And he's talking to them, and you see them like, "Oh, you know it's love." Hey, hey, and then my man goes, "I host a podcast about sports." And Kevin walks away. (laughs) And I guess they asked him, "Do you want us to throw them out?" Mm. And he said, "No." Mm. He said, "It's fine. Just let them stay." Yeah. And I thought it's one of the greatest clips that encompasses fans and athletes in a single 15 second span Mm -hmm. you think you can get away with anything until that seven foot athlete is standing directly in front of you then you have a change of heart. Yeah, you Salute up. to KD for the way that he handled yeah, it. Yeah, because I don't he, know if I would have handled he it. He could have handled it in a very, very different way, mm-hmm. and he didn't. So salute to KD for that. But it's an incredible clip to see. James, when we're finished, you need to go see it. I would have been way more petty and just had them removed. Yeah, I think I would have had him tossed out too. Yeah, he didn't. And I don't even yeah. know if that's like – I salute him. Maybe, maybe that's better that he didn't. It's more of a teaching one. It makes them look even worse. Um, because of the way he handled it. And I don't know if I would have handled it that way. It actually makes yeah. them look smaller. Mm-hmm. You did that. He called you on it. You had no response, and he still – you only got to stay in that game because he said you could. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Salute to KD. Yeah. Fans are tough, man. Like – Shout out to Kevin Herter guy who was having a great night last <laughs> night. Oh, he had himself a night last night. We spent <laughs> some time yeah. with him. Shout out fake Kevin Herter. You Herter's saw him man. like, yeah. Like, as soon as hey. the first one went down, it was like, hey, Kevin Herter guy is losing it. 
Hey, he's losing it down there. And people really do, like, in the middle of the game, they do a double take. Like, wait, well, what? Well, when he came over to see us, it's the funniest thing. It's the, I think the national anthem is being sung. This little boy walks up, and he looks up, and he is staring, trying to figure. And mind you, fake Kevin Herter's got a beer in his hands. He's got food in his hands. Man, but full. Like he's got the he got the beer got ready the, to go, and but 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 the kid yeah. is looking at him like, and then he he, he wears like the tights and everything. Oh, I mean, he's got dude, it. He's, he's got it fully, one hundred percent in on the bit. Oh, it was it's so great. great! It is great, so stuff. tremendous. Very nice guy too. Yeah. Nice conversation. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. James, um, I want to talk about Victor Wembanyama. We could do that later on in the hour. Your 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 initial reaction last night when the buzzer went off and the Sacramento Kings beat the San Antonio Spurs by five. Yeah, I mean, I I think my my reaction is you can capture what my reactions are because I, I put them out in the six quick thoughts. Like a win is a win, and you know we can del- delve into some of the disappointments of the of the victory, but this team needs to figure out how to win games, and that's it. You know, and it. It doesn't matter if we were, I wouldn't feel any better if they played really, really well and lost. Um, I, you know, it would be a different show today from the insiders and from you, uh, you guys here that, you know, if they lost, we would be lambasting these guys. Um, but they, they won. So that's where we start the conversation with the victory. And then you can kind of go from there as to whether it was satisfying as a victory or, I, you know, again, we talked about it a little bit uh, on the on the handoff, Damian. I think if you're a coach and you're the team's best player and you're going to have a practice like a couple of days ago and you're going to lay out like the keys to the second half and they're so distinct and so specific and it's we're going to push the tempo, we're going to get to the free throw line more, we're going to hit more free throws, and we're going to... Uh, do a better job defending the three. And you come out in a game and your pace is like one one so it's okay. But you get to the free throw line four time, uh, 14 times, which is not good. And you only hit 10 of them, which makes it even worse because you shoot 71%, which is like your season average. And then you let them shoot 11 of 25 from three, and that's 44%, which is even worse than what you're already allowing. And you're you're playing the team that's the worst in the league at three-point shooting, um, that's where my concern lies, that if you can't get your your basic four or five items that you put on the board and that's going to be your focus of the second half, if you can't do those things against the San Antonio Spurs at home, what are you going to do against the Los Angeles Clippers Sunday in Los Angeles? And that would be my concern. So, yes, it's the initial thing is, hey, good – you got the win. We can we can all breathe a big sigh of relief that the shows aren't just like cantankerous, and we're not talking about how break up the kings, um, you know, and like how what do you do this offseason? Who gets traded? And we still got twenty seven games left. But you understand what I'm saying? Like yeah. it it wasn't as satisfying as you would like it to be. Yeah, I get I I completely understand that, and I look at it like this where. You know, you see a lot of times in, like, uh, December, you know, the Kings will lose a tough game on the road to – we didn't even talk about the Milwaukee game, right, where they lost a tough game on the road to Milwaukee. And Kings guy 24 would be like, no, man, there is no moral victories. I don't want to hear KC talking about they played well. No, man, they ain't no moral victories. Well, that would be more of the time when it's like – Let's evaluate how they're playing as opposed to the win and loss. This really is no moral victories and no moral losses at this point. Where after the all-star break, it's a win is a win and a loss is a loss. And it's like that pretty much for the rest of the year, like into the playoffs. Like ain't nobody gonna be worried about they're down 0-2, but they played really well. No. Did you win or did you lose? And they're down 0-2, but they played really well. Ain't <laughs> nobody worry about none of that. And that has started once that All-Star game ended on Sunday. And that's the way I look at this one. 
They got 27 games left, I think. Uh, coming into that game, they had 28. They got one of those wins. We were talking about they need to get like 17 to 20 wins. They got one that they can check off. And that's all that matters. And I don't even think they played bad last night. I thought there was aspects where they didn't do what they wanted to do. But they played fine. Spurs played well, too. And they found a way to get a win. And that's that's just kind of how I'm going to approach all these games. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I would also point out, like, you had your, your best player score 28 points, grab nine rebounds, had one of the best defensive plays of his career to finish you off a win. Um, you had your big man have a triple-double. You had Kevin Herter hit his shots and go for 21. You had Malik Monk go for 21. You had even a, an off night for Keegan Murray. He still plays good defense and finishes with 16, but you barely beat an 11-win team by five points. And so there's still concern, but you still celebrate the win. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, we, we can talk about all these the good things that happened. This is, like, that should be your... Uh, sort of your roadmap to victory, right? For this team in the second half or in the last 28 games, your roadmap to victory is Fox scores close to 30. Demonis Sabonis puts up a 20-point triple-double. Either Herter or Barnes scores 20. Monk scores 20. And then Keegan Murray, 16, 18, 20. That would be your recipe for victory. And... So you, you did it, you won, um, but I don't think anyone wants to throw a parade down down J Street right now. I don't think you could have told those 17,000 in attendance last night. That oh, was, no. <laughs> we might not have been going down J Street, but we would have went down High Street. We would have went somewhere. We was high. We would have went somewhere. Last night. Uh, I don't think, uh, partly because of the direction that this show took, I don't think we've given DeMontis Sabonis enough love mm. for what he did That's last right. night. I don't think we've given DeMontis Sabonis enough love for what he's been doing. Uh, He went up against, uh, you know, the next big thing, so to speak, and he went up against a guy who it just looks like it's impossible to get a shot over. And stop me if you heard this one before, James. He finished the game with a triple-double. He finished the game with a triple-double on 11 of 15 Shoot in that situation under those circumstances, Domas finished with uh, 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 eleven of fifteen shooting, twenty-two points. James and I know uh, virtually everyone who spoke to you guys last night had something to say about the way Demontis Sabonis is playing. Yeah, I mean, I-, I thought it was really interesting. You missed the part where he was doubtful coming into the day that he was totally sick. And, and missed the part where James and- was feverishly trying to get this information out to Kings fans. <laughs> For real. He, like, James, James followed Domas to the locker room. Followed Doug Christie to the locker room. For him. He was he was trying to get this information to you guys and was just distraught that 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 when he came back they didn't <laughs> know yet. Yeah. I don't think that there's a way for us to keep like we have to keep doing it. We have to keep saying how good he is. There can't be a moment where we stop saying it because if you start to take for uh, for granted what Demonis Sabonis is doing on a nightly basis, then uh, you know it's it's just it's a crime. And for me, watching him go out there each and every night and just be so incredibly impactful on the on the court um, and against again, like what will be one of the greatest players that we've ever seen eventually that's what Victor Wimbanyama is going to be mm-hmm. uh, I, I mean even on a night where he got beat up pretty bad what he finished with 19 points 11 rebounds four assists five blocks five steals Ridiculous. that's like a it's almost like what we're seeing from Victor Wimbanyama and what we're seeing from uh Demonte Sabonis again you have to keep saying their stats again and again and again because both of them are doing things that are just crazy. And, you know, Kyle and I were talking about, like, Wemby, like, what was your first impressions? And it's like, my first impressions is a 20-year-old kid that, you know, someone leaves, if someone were to open up the windows at Golden One Center, he might get blown off the court. But it it doesn't matter what he does on the court is it's just wild. The things like when he goes to dunk a ball and he's got to 
he's got to like lighten up or he would like jump over the rim. That's, that's what it feels like every single time you watch him do anything. And uh, we just haven't seen anything like it, but at the same time, we're seeing sort of like God's gifts for one player versus a guy who has done everything in the world to make himself into a great player. He he's people say, Oh, well, you know, him and De'Aaron Fox, they won't work because he can't shoot the three and De'Aaron can't shoot the three shooting 42.4% from three. Like, Oh, well, you know, he's undersized. Okay. He just powered through a seven foot three guy on multiple possessions. And it's what he does every night. Like throw Jared Allen out there, powers through him. You throw Anthony Davis out there, powers through him. It doesn't matter. Like Sabonis is developed into one of the great players in the game right now. Mm. And again, I, I think we have to keep saying his stats because um, if we don't, no one else will. And that to me, it's a shame. I mean, this is, I don't, I don't even know how to, but he's a hall of famer right in front of us. And he might not make the hall of fame because idiots somewhere else don't watch enough basketball to, to rate him high enough. So it's crazy to me. Looking at his game log real quick, Casey, it's pretty goofy. Like he has seven triple doubles in the last 10 games. And the game before that stretch started, he had 20 points and 26 rebounds. Oh, man. 20 points, 26 yeah. rebounds, and five assists. Jeez. Just re- absolutely ridiculous. And it was De'Aaron, I think, James, that said he should be in the MVP conversation. Yeah, oh, yeah. It, De- De'Aaron said he, he should be in the MVP conversation. Malik said he's the anchor. Like he's He said he's our anchor. You know, like we go wherever he goes. And that's something, like, Kyle and I have gotten that discussion, too, on the Anderson I keep making the point that, you know, whatever De'Aaron Fox is going to dictate how far this team goes in the playoffs, right? But that's because Demonis Sabonis is so good that he is willing to the playoffs. And I think we can all acknowledge that, you know, that there's Fox is a guy who can do these amazing things. And, and even Monk is a guy that can come in and do these amazing things. But the level of play in Sacramento has gone from all the way at the bottom to the top two-thirds of the league, the top quarter of the league, because of Demonis Sabonis and what he's meant to the rest of the team. And like that's not to say that Fox or, or, or any of these guys aren't, aren't really good players too, but he instantly brings you to a playoff level as a team. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's where you just can't look away. I mean, the, the guy is... Every single night, I mean, I, I, it's unheard of to have 38 consecutive double doubles, to have 19 triple doubles, to have, what is it, 51 out of 55 games he's got a double double. Mm. And he doesn't make the all-star team? It, it, that doesn't make any sense. And the other thing that doesn't make any sense is the top 19 scorers in, in the NBA all were all-stars except for one, and that's De'Aaron Fox, who is number nine mm. or number 10. Like the league embarrass themselves. The NBA coaches embarrass themselves. And uh, Popovich in pregame skirted the issue as to whether he voted for these guys or not, but said, yeah, you know, they're there. You can look and see what they're doing. They're winning and blah, blah, blah. Uh, But he also did not say, yeah, I voted for both of them like Michael Malone did. And it's it's a question that should be asked of every uh, opposing coach that comes through Sacramento. Agreed. Shout out Tone. Shout out Tone. Shout out Tone. Doing what he do. Yeah. Um, Demontis Sabonis, guy's amazing. You know the crazy thing about his performance last night is we all knew what it was coming into the game. Doubtful, actually surprised in some respects that he ended up playing. And once the game got going on, he was so good. He was so like he had been all year long. I didn't even think about him being sick. Like this guy, who yeah. knows if he could have could catch his breath. Who knows if he was able to eat anything, you know, for the past two days. And he was out there making it look like he normally does, man. That was, that was a hell of an effort from him last night. Yeah, and I thought Mike Brown, like early on in the game, did his best to limit his minutes. Because I think we got to halftime and he only played 15 minutes. And you could see that he was on a shorter rotation than normal. Mm-hmm. And and by the end of the game, I don't even know what's he end up with, 35, 36, because that's the way it's got to go in order for you to win that 33. So he's about three minutes off his normal. But if they, that game was a blowout or if that game got any separation at all, I don't think De- DeMontis would have played 30. 
So it's just a testament to to who he is and and how well he's playing and um, you know how he brings it every single night. He is to me the the biggest lunch pail, you know, hard hat wearing dude in the NBA at at this moment. Lost in the pros and the cons of uh, you know the win and three point defense and so on and so forth is obviously we just talked at length about Demontis Sabonis. We'll talk more about De'Aaron Fox. One thing I think we neglected a little bit, and and, and, and it's almost fallen into the Domas category where it's just old hat and you expect it. Malik Monk had another 20-point yeah. game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he is he, – I mean, he, he he's absolutely right. DeMontis Sabonis is the anchor of this thing. And, you know, De'Aaron, the, the old Luke Walton line about being the head of the snake. Man, Malik Monk brings just a whole different element of all of that stuff. Uh, to this basketball team when he's on the floor. And to have another 20-plus point game uh, is huge for this team. Yeah, I think for me, the biggest part about Monk that that I noticed, again, like Kyle and I were discussing this earlier, is Malik isn't shooting the three well at all right now. He's, he's struggling. And last year when that happened, he just went in the tank. Like there was six weeks where him and and Kevin Herter both, you know, struggled, couldn't shoot, and really like kind of went into a funk. And hat tip to Monk because he's realized that, you know, he might not have like the freshest legs right now, but like you can go back, I think it's like 14 games or something where you can see that um that doesn't matter at this point. Like he knows what the task at hand is. He knows the task is to is to will his team to victory as much as he can. And like to me, it's just it's been really remarkable to see a player who, you know, doesn't always uh, you know, he's he's a mistake player. He's a guy that can make some uh, you know, that that doesn't always like make the perfect basketball decision. He can be an but adventure, this, James. He can be an adventure. Yeah, he's he's an adventure. But like again, over his last 19 games monk is is shooting 28 percent from three but he's averaging 16 points and he's averaging 45.9 percent from the field like he figured it out and he figured out that he can't be irresponsible in those moments and he can't just like throw caution to the wind and keep throwing up threes and shoot himself out of the slump or whatever it might be he actually has to play the game the right way and i just think it's the like the maturation of malik monk is is really fun to watch like and i hope he sticks around because this is the perfect role for him and he can play more and more and more minutes especially if the kings eventually do some different things with that 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 shooting guard and small forward position Uh, but this is a guy that could easily average over 30 minutes a game coming off the bench and just he changes everything changes the complexity of the game when he's on and his energy and his his second half play last night but he had 14 in the second half. I thought he was tremendous. It's some big-time shots, too. You know, that shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Kyle talked about it a little bit. The, the moment that I thought they were going to lose the game when Devin Vassell hits the three-pointer to put him up four, um, Malik Monk, he's the one that got the ball. Mm-hmm. Came down the court, hit the little floater, a uh, little 14-foot floater to get him within two to set up De'Aaron's three. But it would, that's the, the whole point is you have a guy like that. You have a guy that's like, don't worry, we're here. I'll go get us a bucket real quick. And then Fox and Sabonis can do what they need to do as well. But I'm here. You, you can trust me. And um, just, just a big-time player, man. Yeah, what I like about him, too, is he's he's raw and he's honest. Yep. And, you know, like we joke with him in the locker room. We wait while he gets dressed, and he's sitting there doing his thing, you know, getting his his uh, jewelry on. He's He's got, you know, bracelets and necklaces and – and he usually says, oh, he literally like, oh, F you guys, I'm not going to talk tonight. Um, but he doesn't say F. And he does it almost every night. And I, I came in the locker room last night. I'm like, hey, Malik, tell us to F off yet? And they're like, nope, not yet. And Malik's like, you guys talking, me, talking, me about, uh, talking about me back there? And I said, no, I was just wondering if you told us to F off yet or if you, you, uh, you're going to like hang out and talk to us. And he started laughing. I, I mean, he's just a good dude. Like he's he's just playing. He's having a good time with us. But then when he talks, it's it's very honest. Like he said last night, not only did he call Demontis the anchor, but he also said, like, look, we got to stop playing down to the competition. 
He did that's say who that. we've been. Yeah. We've been that player, that team all year long. We've been playing down to the competition and we got to figure that out. And it's like, okay, that's good to hear, you know, because a lot of players won't say that stuff. They won't say the stuff that's, that's obvious to everybody in the room, but you know, might not be something that the players want to say and put it out there. Since that weird, like two week stretch where Malik was really struggling um, he scored 20 points in seven of the last nine games. Mm. One of those games, he scored 18. Uh, and the other one was he scored six in the win versus Denver. So that's the stretch that he's on uh, right now, 20 points per game uh, since that weird six, seven-game stretch where he just was not playing well. Uh, we'll come back. We'll talk more with James Hamm uh, about the game last night. We'll talk about De'Aaron Fox. We'll get James's thoughts on seeing Victor Wimbanyama for the first time uh, and what he means for the league. That's coming up here as we wrap things up for the week here with our insider James Hamm on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey, I don't want today to pass. I get, I don't know. It's not really news, but like DeMarcus acknowledged his career. Like he, he, you know, there's something to an NBA player acknowledging like, yeah, hey, it's, it's over. Mm. And he obviously has, you know, a new light coming with the, with the, all the smoke productions and everything mm. that they got going on over there. But uh, Boogie Long, uh, uh, we were talking about polarizing players earlier. Yeah. There will never be a more polarizing player in this city yeah. uh, than DeMarcus Cousins, and those that love him will love him forever. Those that hate him will hate him forever, but uh, I'm a DeMarcus guy, and, and, and he said his career was wrapped up. James, you knew him uh, better than any of us. I was hoping he had a, a little run in him. It's become clear over the years that he probably didn't. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited to see what, what's, what's next for Boogie. Yeah, I mean, I think he's gonna he's gonna go back overseas and play a couple more times. Like he did a ten game uh, or ten day stretch in I think it was in South Korea or or China uh, over the last couple like earlier in in January, and I think he had a really good time. He was appreciated. Uh, fans, you know, mobbing him everywhere. Like like got the full experience. Mm-hmm. And so I wouldn't doubt that he does that a couple more times where he goes and plays. But I think it's an acknowledgement that like the NBA, I don't think the NBA has passed him by. I think the NBA has decided not to, uh, not to sort of play in that water anymore. And this is always like, again, I I've known DeMarcus since he was a super young guy, like 19 years old and, you know, covering him from day one was very difficult he got better as time went on and he grew and he grew up and um but there was always like this idea that he had that he was going to do it his way and i kept telling him like hey you can do it your way at, at 18 and but your way at 19 and your way at 25 and your way at 26 or 28 should be different because you're going to mature you're going to grow and at the end of the day i think you know a lot of uh you kind of it's hard to shake your reputation and there, there's also a point where your body and your productivity 
aren't at the same level that they used to be. And, you know, there's sort of that, that, that pie chart that like how much people will put up with and they'll put up with a certain amount because you're this good. But once you're not that good, you know, there, there, there comes a breaking point. And uh, like, I, I really do hope that he has a, a great post NBA career. Um, I'm surprised he's never got like another phone call to bring him back into the league, even after, you know, playing for teams like the Bucks and playing for teams like Denver over the last uh, couple of years. But, you know, again, it, he did it his way and his way uh, wasn't always the easiest. Yeah, man. I love Boogie, man. I love Boogie. Um, part of me is uh, sad that this is the reality, but part of me is happy for him to be at peace with it. Yep. You know, get to a point yep. where he's like, Hey That's man, tough. It's, it's, I agree. It's yeah. I agree. And you know, yep. I'm, I'm I'm okay with where I'm at. I'm doing different things in my life. And uh, I can't wait to see what's next. I think there's – I don't know how they do it. There, there's, there should be some acknowledgement in the Golden One Center, at the Golden One Center, at Doak, whatever you want to do, of DeMarcus Cousins. Mm-hmm. I don't – the closest thing I – I would say retire the number, but he never made the playoffs, so they might not do that. Mitch is kind of close. Mitch got in there the one time, but other than that, Mitch never really – his teams didn't win either. But maybe they say the one time he got into the playoffs is what got his number retired. But I don't know if you start a, a, a wall of fame, a ring of honor, if you want to retire the jersey. I'm all for that. But I think in this franchise, there's got to be some acknowledgement of DeMarcus Cousins' time. Yeah. Okay. So a couple of things there. Um, number one, I do know that he was at all-star weekend uh, and was invited by the Kings to the Kings brunch um, was there with Brad Miller and Vivek Ranadive took pictures. So, so I'm hoping that they can mend some fences and that everything, you know, they kind of bring him back in the fold as far as like a guy who can walk in the door, like Vladi does and sit courtside. I love he, that picture so, so much, by the way. The picture of Brad and and Vivek and yeah. and Demarcus because Demarcus looked like a million bucks, and Brad looked like the money you find folded in the couch. <laughs> like, like like Brad was just here for the vibes. Like, Brad was in the building last Brad, night too. Brad is always in the building. <laughs> he is. But well, that, remember that's a that Brad. Brad that's it, yeah. That's his other home is Indiana. Mm. Brad. Oh, I didn't so know that. It, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, he played for Indiana for a long time, and you know him and. Uh, uh, George Hill, like they love to go duck hunting and all that stuff. Like he's he's an outdoorsman, so it it makes sense that he once pulled up to the practice facility with something he caught while hunting in the back of his truck. I don't think he caught it as much as or, he shot yeah, and killed right. it. Well, and it was laying dead in the back well, of his truck. But go ahead. No, that's <laughs> that's probably the proper way to explain what it is. Yeah, just it showed up practice. Had the had the dead had the antlers sticking out of the huh? out of the truck. Well, yeah, like look, I, I think that there should nobody be a wondered who the truck it was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I we're we're going through the 100 year celebration of the Sacramento Kings right now, right? Mm-hmm. Well, not of the Sacramento Kings of the Kings, the Kings franchise. This yeah. is the the 100 year, and we've seen. I mean, it's kind of sporadic when they do it, and they've only brought a couple of players in. So we saw Mike Bibby come in, at, but of course he works there and got a jacket. Uh, we've seen some other, oh, Mitch Richmond came through and got a jacket. Um, I would like to see DeMarcus come through and, and have a moment with the crowd. Yep. Um, I would love to see like him and Vlade have a moment where, you know, uh, you kind of see those two, because I don't think like, that's what I always got from Vlade that whatever happened with DeMarcus and in the trade and all that stuff, it's not that he didn't like DeMarcus and it, it wasn't that he was trying to be mean or anything else. It was just, he had to make a business decision and that's what it was. And it was probably the right decision at the time for him and the franchise. Um, and it, it was tough, but you know, at the end of the day, um, you got to do, you got to make tough decisions, but I would like to see DeMarcus come back in and, and let the fans, uh, you know, hopefully no one would boo, um, but there are people that don't like him. So that's the uh, funny thing. Now. The Golden One Center didn't boo DeMarcus Cousins. Mm-hmm. I've, I've like even at peak frustration, DeMarcus like like they did not boo DeMarcus. That that contingent was loud, 
but that contingent was calling talk radio. They weren't yeah. they weren't in that venue. Not not to any measurable degree. They were not in that. I remember DeMarcus's first game back. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. Nah, this city loves that dude. Absolutely, man. Uh, I, I, those paying those paying fans love that dude. I'll say I, that for certain. I think um man, I think they should start a ring of honor, man. Guy guys like uh Guys like Cousins, guys like Mike Bibby, because I don't think Bibby's 10 is retired. It's but, not. I, yeah. I've always liked the Ring of Honor because that's where I think you incorporate Tisha and you incorporate mm-hmm. Yolanda mm-hmm. And, 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 and the Sacramento yeah, you Monarchs. Don't have the pressure. I, I think there's a lot of pressure in saying this number's always going to be retired. Like You can right. honor somebody and have them live in your arena without getting rid of the number. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? You could put a, do a Ring of Honor. Sure, there may be guys. like I think when it's all said and done, Fox and Sabonis – our Jersey retirement guys. Like, I think the numbers will be retired. But, you know, if Monk is here forever, maybe Monk is a ring of honor guy. We still get to celebrate him yeah. without having to him having to be a guy that has his jersey retired. Yeah, and I would put the the same for Bobby Jackson Bobby and Doug Jackson, Christie. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, even guys like Scott Pollard that played a bunch of their career there and, like, were part of the glory years. Um, I, I don't, you know, how far deep you go into it. Um, but you know, kind of like the same way I talk about, uh, Sabonis, like watching DeMarcus cousins play on a nightly basis was a gift. Yeah. Like he's, he's one of the most talented players we've ever seen in the league. And, you know, he's a groundbreaker. He, he truly is. And he'll never get his due for the way that he transformed the center position where all of a sudden. It's okay for a six foot ten, six foot eleven guy to break out and start dribbling the ball down the court. It just wasn't something that happened all the time. Not a true center doing it. And you know, he really he did help revolutionize the game. And uh, he's the sort of the the first player that we see that becomes um, Anthony Davis and Carl Anthony Towns and now Demonis Sabonis. All of these guys that that are allowed to do so much more. And a lot of it was started with with cousins because we we're coming out of like the Dwight Howard era, and before that, like one of the greatest eras of big men of all time, where you know there's like ten Hall of Fame centers in the league at one time, but none of them could do what Demarcus did, where they would just you know, again, who can imagine a six foot eleven, two hundred ninety pound guy like leading a break, going between his legs, making a spin move around a guard, and going in for a layup on the other end. Just absolutely tremendous what we were able to watch here in Sacramento. Uh, well, we saw uh, the new era of the big man last night. Uh, Victor Wimbanyama made his first appearance at the Golden One Center. We had an extensive conversation about Wimby and you know what he may mean for the league moving forward as as LeBron and Steph, you know, start to prepare over the course of the next four to six years to ride off into the sunset. Uh, maybe a little bit less than that, but uh, what were your first impressions, Hammer, of seeing Victor Wembanyama in person? Yeah, it's just tremendous to to see a kid come like that, uh, come into the league like that, and um, we've never seen anything like it. You know, I I think you know as a kid, I got to see Ralph Sampson at least on the court. I don't know that he played because he was always hurt, but um, like I remember seeing him and actually, I think he had got his autograph the first game I ever went to. Um, but you know, someone who's like seven foot three, seven foot four, that, that tall, that lanky, um, that athletic. It, but again, we're talking about the next generation of the guy that can shoot the three, a guy who can handle the ball. I thought talking to Greg Popovich before the game, Popovich just made so many good points about, you know, what we're seeing here is is something that's almost like revolutionary. And Pop talked about how, you know, on the way there, they had had him watching film of Magic. Uh, I think it was Magic and uh, Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, but also Hakeem Olajuwon. He keeps naming all of these players from all of these different positions. And they're talking to him about like his footwork and tightening things up and being more concise with your movements and stuff like that. But has there ever been a player that could watch all of the footage of all those players and learn something from it? And, and I don't think there has, I mean, the guy can handle the ball like a guard, although he dribbles too high. Um, and there's nothing he can do about that. He's seven foot four. Um, but the way that even like watching him warm up, 
was just crazy. Just his the fluidity of his body and the fact that he can he can move like somebody who's six foot tall. At, but he's he's just this huge man. So I'm excited to see what he looks like in three years, four years. I think he's going to revolutionize the game. I don't think there's anything you can do to stop him. And you know, Kyle asked me, you know, what do you think is going to be like prime Victor Wembanyama? And it's like I don't even think we know. But it's probably going to be like 30 and 15 and six and four blocks per game and two steals. And it's going to be one of the most impactful players that we've ever seen. And I, I think he's lucky that he that Popovich is a guy who stuck around because of who Popovich has worked with in the past and sort of the the knowledge he can impart to him. And uh, it, it takes a certain player to listen to to stay in, you know tuned in to Pop. But I, I still think that this is like it's a good marriage. We're we're getting to see a player who, when he's done with the Popovich era, you know, should be a finely tuned superstar of superstars that we haven't seen like a one of one um you know the the old unicorn that we talk about uh thing that i just think he's going to be a tremendous basketball player i i agree with everything that you say and one of the conversation the conversation that we had was the, the thought right now that you know people your tweets and stuff like that people talk like man when lebron and steph are gone it's going to be tough for the NBA. Just talking about how they generate, um, they, they generate generate excitement and energy and, and popularity and interest into the league, and they do it as good as anybody's ever done it. Jordan, Kobe, LeBron, Steph, AI. Like that's like the in my lifetime. That's it. Do you think Wembenyama has what it takes to check that box? We know he's going to be a great player. But is he going to be somebody that, how do I put it, people care about enough to, like, watch on a daily and care enough to have four-hour sports debates on? Like, for instance, I don't think Jokic is that guy. That doesn't mean he's not one of the greatest players I've ever seen and will be there. But is anybody emotionally invested in whether Jokic wins or loses? Like, the way they are LeBron and Steph? Like, where do you think – Wimby might land on that. Yeah, I mean, so I think when we when we watch Spurs players, we get we instantly start attaching them to the the stars of before, so of David Robinson and of Tim Duncan. He's not going to be. I don't think he's not going to be like Tim Duncan. He's going to be more vocal. He's going to be flashier, and uh, like already what we're seeing. And I think that that's where, you know, like if you don't appreciate Tim Duncan, it's because you don't truly appreciate like the fundamentals. The big fundamental was exactly that. It was like so fundamentally sound and great because he just like Sabonis brought it every single night and was so concise in who he was. Wimbenyama is going to be great because like not to disrespect Tim Duncan, because he can be so much more. He can be a guy who could land dunk contest. He could be a guy who could win the three point contest. Um, you know, he's like the potential for not just to be one of the, you know, the top like 50 players of all time, but he, if he reaches his potential, we're talking like top five player of all time. Like that's where he could fall as a player. And so, um, I, I don't think he's going to have a problem being the next generation and I, I think there are other players who are going to be right there alongside him. We we just don't know who all of them are yet. You know, I, I can't wait for like year three, year four of Chet Holmgren versus Victor Wimbanyama in battles. Like that's going to be just spectacular basketball. And, you know, so yeah, I think the league is in a perfectly fine spot. I would say this too, Kenny, sort of a little bit to your point. The NBA has always done this. They's o- they've always created stars. And then they they push their stars so heavily on us that we can't look away. And when they those stars age out, it's part of the reason why it becomes so difficult for for fans to like what's next, what's next. It's because you know long after they should have not been like way out in front of everything and been like the beacon of the league, the league has made it so they still are. We still watch them on. What were the late the the Warriors were on TV something ridiculous last year or the year before like forty six times. But Steph's still a needle mover though. 
even if the Warriors aren't, I'd argue Steph is still a needle mover. Well, no, and, and I totally agree. But the basketball isn't good. The like, yes, he is, but there that team is the ninth or the tenth seed in the Western Conference right now. Like the league doesn't let us move on from the players until the league is ready for us to move on. And and really, it's almost like they wait for a guy like Victor Wimbanyama to be great. Like, hey, LeBron, we need you to be LeBron for two more years, and then we're gonna like we're gonna retire you and we're gonna put in the other dude. But we need you to hold out just a little bit longer because we're gonna keep pushing you out there as like our guy until we we can't. And but that's that's been the NBA forever. It's right. not the NFL. It's not Major League Baseball. Like the NBA is very specific in the way that they hone in and worship their stars well, and, and promote their stars. That's for a multitude of reasons. And now we're on the verge of launching another four hour conversation here. But <laughs> one, Major League Baseball doesn't have a star. They can't even participate in the in this conversation. <laughs> NFL doesn't like having stars. They want the Chiefs to be the star. The Cowboys yeah. to be the star. They don't want Patrick Mahomes to be the star. They they don't want Tom Brady to be the star. They wanted their logos to be the stars. And in the league, it's in the, in the NBA, James. I feel like it's a chicken or the egg question. If you put on the 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 Golden State Warriors for Steph Curry, and people are still watching, the league is essentially giving people what they want to see. The same is true for LeBron James, regardless of you know there being better basketball. Like I'll speak from a viewer perspective. <laughs> I don't want to watch the Denver Nuggets. Like, yeah. I'd rather watch the Golden State Warriors. I'd rather watch Steph. I'd rather watch LeBron. Hell, like this year, this is not the case last year, years past, I'd rather watch Oklahoma City. I know Denver's good. I don't want to watch them. They don't intrigue me. But I still want to see Steph Curry. I, we got home. As soon as the game, I flipped over to watch the game was it was over. Steph wasn't even in the game no more. Let me see what Steph and LeBron are doing. Well, they wasn't doing nothing. But it's still Warriors Lakers. I think it still has some appeal to it. And again, is it if the league puts it out there and fans stop watching, then fans are telling them something. But if the league puts it out there and fans are watching, the fans I think are telling the league something. Which is why I'm so fascinated what happens with the Spurs next year. Because they put Victor on so much this year. For me, it got worn out. It was like, okay, I was excited. And to, to, to your point, James, it was it's not the best basketball. No, but the league creates help. I mean, they do a good job of creating the star and of producing and pushing and pushing and pushing the star. And that's not to say that, you know, these guys don't deserve it. That's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is that you got two kids here in Sacramento that deserve to be stars, too. And they haven't been given that that sort of latitude. The league does not push them as stars, and then wow. they get forgotten about in an All Star game. Go ahead, and well, that, and instead well, we James, get a James real like quick. An, one of them has the NBA blocked on a, <laughs> on on his phone. What? We we talked about this. We think De'Aaron has everything. We don't think he's interested in being on on that. He has yeah, everything. Wow. He has everything it takes to be a face of the NBA, except the actual want to do it. <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. I get it. But you know, again, they were pushing. They're pushing aging stars, even even at this All Star weekend. Mm-hmm. I mean, like not to be disrespectful, but and Paul George has been had a good season, but the guy's averaging twenty two a game. Mm-hmm. You know, like you got players that are that are like. I, I don't know, a guy who's got 38 consecutive double-doubles and 19 triple-doubles and is averaging two points less per game but leading the league in rebounding and averaging eight assists per game. Mm-hmm. Like, there there needs to be some sort of equality in, in how you're you're judging your players. And again, it's a star-driven league, and they love to produce their stars, and that's why they will continue to be great and can in, continue to do this, uh, you know, to be as successful as they have been. But sometimes it's... It, doesn't really feel all that. Don't miss out on all NBA. That's all I care about. Don't miss out on all NBA for those guys. Hey, real real quick, I just want to get this in before we wrap up. You know, did you have anything else to say about that? Um, Yeah, we go for a whole other show at this point, but no. (laughs) Yeah, he wants to brawl. uh, No, 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 no. We've got an update from Mitch. He tweeted me. Oh. And he said he lived in Tarzana in the mid-'80s. 
Well, that's a callback. Do you want to explain that for those who might have well, just be tuning in? Mitch called in and, and was a goat like he always is. Yep. The goat, it, not it, a goat. This was the a Hall goat. of Fame call for yeah. Mitch today. And we we wondered afterwards, like, has Mitch, Mitch even been to California before? He tweeted me to say, I lived in Tar- he said, I lived in Tarzana in L.A. in the mid-'80s. That was way too coherent to be Mitch. But that was a solid attempt at an impression. <laughs> solid attempt at an impression right there. L.A. Mitch? L.A. Mitch? L.A. L- L- Mitch. <laughs> L.A. Mitch. clearly. I like it. Tarzana. Yeah. Man. Yeah. All right. This seems like the perfect time for us to leave. This might be our best show of all time. No, this was, this was, what did you say the title of the show was again? Um, The title of today's show is, we have three other show titles with the name O.J. in it. <laughs> so this will be our fourth after that. I love this. I love this so much. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. James, always great to have you. Great to have Kings basketball back. Um, we will be back. Kings take on the Clippers on Sunday. Uh, I'm predicting 185 to 182. Mm. Kings going to play in that game. They, they, it's going to be a good game. All right. It's not going to be a blowout on Sunday. Well, we'll be here Monday to talk about it beginning at 10 a.m. You want more Kings coverage? We'll run it back. We'll head over to 1025. Either way, have a great weekend here on ESPN 1320. Vamos Kings on Sunday. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T Mobile.com.